Hi, welcome to week 13 of Rain and Rest. My name is Jenny Donnelly, and we've been talking about persecution the last couple of weeks. How do you feel about that? Are you like, I'm done, I'm over it, let's talk about something else? <laughs> I love to go on to happier things too, I understand. So what is Jesus saying today? I want to talk to you about something I think we need to bring up, even though it might not be super fun, but I believe it'll be super healing. And that is what do we do with those situations of our past where somebody was our Judas? I remember the first time that somebody who I'd poured into, somebody who I thought I was really servicing as a friend, and then next thing you know, off they go. And there's a story about me that I'm like, what? How did that happen? And I remember being shocked. And this was maybe 15, almost 20 years ago. And it was in our business. And I just remember feeling stunned. And my heart was shattered. And it was like, wait a minute, I thought we were best friends. I thought we were in this together. What happened? And I remember feeling like, wrestling with guilt. I remember feeling, should I do something different? Could I have done something different? What did I do wrong? And I spent a lot of energy trying to figure out what in the world could I have done to fix it? Well, what I have found out is that's kind of a waste of energy, unless you're trying to repair a friendship, of course. If you're trying to reconcile with a friend, you know, that takes work and that takes apologies and that takes humility. But I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about what do we do with the Judases of our life that betray us with a kiss and take people with them when they do that. I know it's not fun. It is not a fun part of life. But I want you to hear what Jesus told me. He said, Jenny, if I had a Judas, you will too. And I thought, oh, man. Okay. And that made me feel a little bit better. But I want to read this from Mark 14. This is Jesus's betrayal and arrest. And if you remember... Judas had left the table. It was the Last Supper, and he left the table because he went to turn in Jesus so that he could be arrested. And Jesus knows he is going to go through the hardest thing that he will ever go through in his entire life. And he's thinking, Jesus, take this cup from me, please, anything but this, right? So here we go. Mark 14, verse 43. At that moment, Judas, one of the 12, arrived. Now, remember, this is one of the 12 that he poured into, that he loved, that he knew would betray him. And he still lavished love on him because that's Jesus, right? Along with a large crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent to arrest Jesus by order of the ruling priests, the religious scholars, and the Jewish leaders. Now, Judas, the traitor, okay, they just called him a traitor because that's what he was, had arranged to give them a signal that would identify Jesus. For he had told them, Jesus is the man I will kiss. So grab him and take him safely away. Judas quickly stepped up to Jesus and said, Rabbi, my teacher. So he even approaches him as Rabbi, my teacher, like the endearing relationship that they had together, right? And he kissed him affectionately on both cheeks. I mean, he loved him to some degree, right? But there was a larger part of him that was like, I'm turning him in, I'm gonna get paid for this, and here we go, right? Well, he regretted this later, as we know, as we read on, but watch this. Then the armed men seized Jesus to arrest him. 
One of the disciples pulled out a sword and swung it at the servant of Caiaphas, the high priest, slashing off his ear. We know we love Peter. Okay, Peter, you're awesome. Jesus said to the mob, why would you arrest me with swords and clubs as though I were an outlaw? Day after day, I sat with you in the temple courts teaching the people, yet you didn't arrest me then. But all of this fulfills the prophecies of the scriptures. At that point, now this is really sad. At that point, all of his disciples ran away and abandoned him. There was a young man there following Jesus, wearing only a linen sheet wrapped around him. They tried to arrest him also, but he slipped from their grasp and ran off naked, leaving his linen cloth in their hands. So imagine this. Jesus has been with these disciples. He's poured into them. They've seen blind eyes open. They've seen miracles. They've seen a boat basically sink from a miracle catch when they were fishing all night and didn't get a thing. They've seen 5,000 men fed, 15,000 people fed. They've seen crazy miracles, crazy miracles. And yet in the moment where their life is at stake, they're gone. They're gone. And Jesus was abandoned. Not only was he turned in by his friend, but he was abandoned by all the disciples who had just said, if you go back some verses, not very long before this, they said, we will not leave you. We will go to death with you. They said that. They said, we will go to death with you. In fact, I'm going to read it because it's just so astonishing. Verse 31, but Peter was insistent. Actually, let me back up. Jesus said, verse 30, mark my words, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, a few hours from now, you will utterly deny that you know me three times. But Peter was insistent and replied emphatically, I will absolutely not. Under no circumstances will I ever deny you, even if I have to die with you. He's ready to die with him. And all the others repeated the same thing. Okay, next week, we're going to pick up right there as we've rewound and went back to the night before, the night before the arrest or the night of the arrest, right? And here they're saying, we're going to go to death with you. We promise we're going to pick up right there because I want to read what's next on that because it's pretty amazing. But I just heard the Lord say today, I want you to pray for everybody to close the accounts, close the accounts where the Judases of your life, they backstabbed you. They turned other people against you. They even built a case against you that wasn't true. Maybe people abandoned you during that and they believe the story or it wasn't about the story. Maybe you weren't lied about, but they didn't want to get in trouble with you. And so you were kind of left for dead. And so the Lord told me to pray for you and to ask you to have the courage to close the accounts and let go of those people, let go of them and move on. Because here's the thing, when we hang on to the offense of what other people have done to us, when we rehearse the story of like, I was betrayed with a kiss and they kissed me affectionately and I poured into them and I served dinner to them and you know Jesus is washing their feet and these are also the same guys that ran off, like what, right? But in this moment, I think right now, the Holy Spirit is giving you and I an extra measure of grace to say, Jesus, you can have that story. It was a sad story. 
But if anybody understands this story, Jesus understands this story. Nobody was willing to hang with him during that time. Nobody. They all left. And maybe that's happened to you in some type in your life. So I'm going to pray right now that you can close those accounts because you have too much to do. You have too much rest to sit in. And when we rehearse the stories of hurt and pain and what other people did to us, and we live in that bitterness, we will never enter the place of rest. We will never enter the pocket. We will never reign in rest. We will reign in pain. We will reign in bitterness. And we will give off an energy to other people that is just yuck. It's just kind of like a poor me and this happened to me. If you find yourself repeating the story of what somebody else did to you and it's kind of like it just comes up and you find yourself telling people about it, then this is you. You need to close the account. You need to tell Jesus the story for the last time and just say, I'm done. I'm laying that down. And Jesus, if you had a Judas, then I guess I will too. Because the Bible says that we partake in his sufferings. We do. We don't want to, but we do. And we'll talk about that next week. So Father, I ask you right now to give us the grace. Give us the grace to hand over the story that wasn't fair, that wasn't nice, that maybe was full of lies or deceit, maybe even people being unappreciative or ungrateful, maybe you were used or manipulated, but all of that junk, I just want you to see it in a wheelbarrow and I want you to roll it on over to the cross, dump it at the cross, let the blood of Jesus make contact with that stuff. Maybe you can even see right now what's happening to it. Is it disintegrating? Is it blowing up in fire? <laughs> I bet it's not sitting there with life. I bet something's happening to it as the blood makes contact with it. And then I just want you to take your hands off the wheelbarrow and even leave that thing there. You don't even need to walk off with an empty wheelbarrow. You need to walk off with a healed heart because Jesus loves you and Jesus hasn't abandoned you. Jesus is not Judas. He's the one that's committed to you. He'll never leave you. Never, ever, ever. And I want you right now in the name of Jesus to receive his presence and his goodness and his love and his acceptance and his pleasure over you. He loves you. He calls you a friend. He calls you a daughter. He calls you a son. And he's so good. So Father, I thank you for the courage to close the account so that we can move on to the good and wonderful things you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.